Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at ChooseWood.com. It's Monday, March 27th. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. The military is working to convert its non-combat fleet to electric vehicles. Fort Leonard Wood officials are outsourcing the charging stations to a local utility. And so we didn't have to hire additional personnel in order to take care and maintain these charging stations. The move reduces the risk for the military and may also help civilians convert to electric vehicles faster and more efficiently. St. Louis Public Radio's Jonathan All will have that story in just a few minutes. St. Louis County voters will decide next month whether to approve a tax on cannabis purchases. As St. Louis Public Radio's Jason Rosenbaum reports, some policymakers are not pleased the county is spending money on an information campaign about the plan. St. Louis County voters will decide on April 4th whether to institute a 3% tax on marijuana bought at dispensaries. But Councilman Dennis Hancock of Fenton doesn't like that his county council colleagues approved a $300,000 information campaign to inform voters about the tax. As far as the educational campaign is concerned, I just don't think that's that's a good use of taxpayer dollars. In addition to the countywide tax, voters in 35 St. Louis County municipalities will decide next month whether to place a 3% tax on cannabis sales. I'm Jason Rosenbaum. St. Louis Public Radio. A new program from Freddie Mac aims to reduce the homeownership gap in St. Louis by offering cash assistance to first-time Black and Latino homebuyers. The initiative gives those who qualify up to $3,000 to help with the down payment or closing costs on a mortgage. Christina Garmendia is the author of the St. Louis Affordable Housing Report Card. You know, having a down payment assistance can really help smooth the transition from being a renter to a homeowner, just because there's so many expenses that come with becoming a homeowner. Garmin Diaz says the program can help some black and brown households remain in the region, but she says it isn't enough on its own to help with the larger barriers of credit and debt that lock many minority residents in the St. Louis area out of home ownership. The Illinois House of Representatives has passed a series of measures aimed to increase gender inclusion in the state. Cameron Cutinello reports. One of the proposals would add gender-neutral language to a law requiring insurance companies offer pap smear and prostate exam coverage. Democratic Representative Kelly Cassidy is the bill sponsor. She says the proposal removing male and female references would make coverage for the services available for everyone. It ensures that nobody is excluded from access to preventative care. The bill would go into effect January 1, 2025. Another measure by Democratic Representative Lakeisha Collins would change references to boys and girls in Illinois statutes to gender-neutral language such as children. The proposals will now head to the Illinois Senate. I'm Cameron Cutinello. The teacher who was killed in last year's shooting at Central and Visual Performing Arts High School has been honored for her bravery and self-sacrifice. Jean Kuchka posthumously received the Citizen Honors Award from the Congressional Medal of Honor Society over the weekend. The health teacher died saving students when a shooter entered her classroom in St. Louis last October. The society praised Kuchka for placing herself between her students and danger in order to save innocent lives. Only five U.S. citizens receive that award every year. St. Louis County has opened a restored, historic black schoolhouse in Chesterfield. 
As St. Louis Public Radio's Andrea Henderson reports, descendants say African Schoolhouse No. 4 is now a celebrated part of history. Tonette Ford remembers her mother, Ethel Lovings, talking about her life growing up in St. Louis and attending African Schoolhouse No. 4. I remember she used to tell me, we only went to the eighth grade. And I was like, that's how you went, Mom? She said, yeah. She said, they didn't have other schools for us back then. Ford's mother attended the one-room schoolhouse in the early 1900s, and seeing the restored structure in Faust Park brought Ford to tears. This was my mom's part of her history, and I'm getting the chance to see it. Oh, my Lord. Ford implores more black children to take in history and witness one of the oldest schoolhouses for black students in Missouri. I'm Andrea Henderson, St. Louis Public Radio. The Pentagon last year mandated that all military installations across the country start converting non-combat vehicle fleets from gas to electric power. The military has more than a decade to meet the requirement. Officials at each base, including Fort Leonard Wood, are trying to figure out how to achieve the goal as technology rapidly changes. St. Louis Public Radio's Jonathan All reports. There are more than 700 government-owned non-tactical vehicles on post at Fort Leonard Wood, and work is underway to make all of them electric vehicles by 2035. So far, there are only seven. But William Weberg, the energy manager at Fort Leonard Wood, says 36 more are on the way. And that's just the number ordered so far. Right now, we're even preparing to have more turnover, and that number is going to exponentially grow as we move forward. Buying the vehicles is one thing. But having enough places on the 100-square-mile post to charge them is another. The charging requirements for vehicles are changing as technology advances. Weberg says installing enough chargers cost-effectively without sinking money into something that could be obsolete in a few years is a major challenge. So with the number of charging stations we're going to see on the installation, we're working very close with our partners so that as these vehicles come onto the installation, they have a charger there to supply them with the energy that they need. Instead of trying to build, maintain, and update the chargers on its own, Fort Leonard Wood has contracted with Laclede Electric Cooperative to take on the task. Jeannie Ballou is the utility manager at Fort Leonard Wood. She says the move shifts the responsibility of keeping up with the technology off of the military. That includes the chargers and the internet connectivity each unit will need to regulate security. Laclede will have to be responsible for the cyber part of it, and they'll also maintain, and so we didn't have to hire additional personnel in order to take care and maintain these charging stations. While Fort Leonard Wood sees building and maintaining EV chargers as a risk, Laclede Electric sees it as an opportunity. Terry Rosenthal is the manager of engineering for the co-op. He says their business model makes it easier for them because they are in it for the long haul. We're able to spread those recoveries out over a long period of time, Also knowing that every time we put a new uh, pole in or whether it's an electric vehicle charger, that eventually someday is going to need replacement. Rosenthal says the Fort Leonard Wood project will help the utility learn how to better serve non-military customers as electric vehicles become more common. I think we're going to gain a lot of uh, good, valuable experience with not only the charging infrastructure, the cloud portal that is supporting of those charging processes, and then long term, what is the lifespan of these units. The military going in on electric vehicles could lead to faster conversion among civilians, according to Medi Ferdosi, 
an electrical and computer engineering professor at Missouri University of Science and Technology. He says the work at Fort Leonard Wood could help answer a fundamental question about electric vehicles. Who will own the charging stations? Let's say you, you, you operate a parking lot. And are you, as the owner of the parking lot, going to own or install your charging station? Is it going to be the utility or is it going to be a lease agreement? The, the, the business model in this field has not been well developed. Ferdosi is optimistic about the future of electric vehicles in the U.S., but also underscores there are a lot of unknowns and variables. But having large conversions of vehicles on military bases will provide more information as the industry moves forward. In Rala, I'm Jonathan All. St. Louis Public Radio. Our Brian Moline edited that report. Ashley Listenby is the news director of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house.